Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. All three of the bumper songs are OG songs. These are from like the very beginning days of Tutel Nuwana's some five or six years ago. We don't have any internet here at Missoula Broadcasting right now, but who cares? Because we got the radio, we got the TV, we got you. But that's why we're listening to all the OG songs. But I didn't really realize that we just had nothing but soft ballad type type music here uh, on Wednesdays. I don't remember that at all. And that's so not uh, my style. It's also not Ryan Tutel's style at all. So hopefully there's like some Rage Against the Machine or something coming up. I don't know. Either way, uh, we're bringing the juice here in hour number two. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you missed anything in the first hour of Nuanas Now, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, sitting in the chair with us for the duration. And uh, Zach Kaplan, his right-hand man, joining us here uh, for hour number two as well. Uh, we talked all the way around the wide world of sports, talked some NBA, uh, talked some professional golf, talked some college football. We also heard from Terry Thomas, Hall of Fame head coach for the uh, Beaverhead County High School Beavers for more than 30 years, both football and basketball. And uh, talked a little prep sports as well. Elisa Keller, the Montana Gatorade Track and Field Athlete of the Year on the girls' side out of Billings West, star javelin thrower who's headed to BYU. Also some rule changes from the Montana High School Association as well. All that on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com. Also the M Store where they're all Grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore, your best place to get blue and gold on game day or any other day, anytime you're on the Montana State campus. It's time now for our ESPN Roundtable. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. I was at Paradise Falls just on Monday. Great place. Swung in there, had an appetizer, a beer. They got 18 draft beers. Uh, They also got 23 big screen TVs. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner open seven days a week. Go check them out there on the south side of town, 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls, Missoula's uh, coolest hotspot. We were making fun of Zach. Well, specifically, Sean was making fun of Zach because that's what happens. You should get these guys on the golf course. It really is fun. Uh, But Sean was making fun of Zach for being, uh, and I quote, a part of the generation of the most spoiled sports fans in the history of the world (laughs) because uh, Zach's from Boston, 
born in the late 1990s, so there was such a narrative around Boston sports that they were cursed, and everybody has all these, you know, oh, poor me, oh, the curse of the Red Sox, the curse of the Bambino. That's not for Kaplan. He's done, what, what the Patriots got, what, seven Super Bowls in your lifetime? How many, how many times the Red Sox got? Three? I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. It's six and four. The Patriots, <laughs> the Patriots have played in ten oh, Super Bowls. Well, that, that's right, because Tom Brady has seven, one, yeah, and not then, Don't the forget Patriots. about the Celtics and the Bruins. Oh, sure, right. They both have one each. Yeah, one each, right. But also just, you know, Pretty darn competitive. Even this year, the Bruins didn't win the title, but they were the best team in hockey. Yeah. So for the duration of your, yeah, you, that's a salt in the wound. Huh? Ugh, it hurts. Yet, still yet, hurts. Yet, even though he's won all of those championships, he still throws a tantrum in the newsroom well, when okay. the Celtics lose okay. a playoff game. Pot, call the kettle black. Here. <laughs> I mean, sh- I have never experienced one title in my life. So well, that's true. I get but to you also that get, hasn't stopped you from getting you mad. You also get so I, mad. I, that's an excuse. When, <laughs> that's an excuse. I mean, I've seen some pretty good Padres meltdowns before. Well, the, I mean, the, <laughs> how about the Chargers? I'm 27 nothing in the playoffs. And you yeah, lose. Well, like, oh, come man. on. So you were just asking me about the Vikings, though. And here's why I'm at with the Vikings. It's the only thing I really think that I have any sort of sports allegiance left. But it also makes me not react emotionally at all anymore because I'm just completely broken. It's it's just like I expect nothing but them to just get whipped in the playoffs. See, and, I, and I tried to go that route, yeah. you know, and just be like, all right, I'm just... They can't hurt this me is, anymore. This is, yeah, exactly. This is too much. <laughs> but then I was like, you know, you know what? I kind of want to feel something still in my life. You know, I gotta have well, some, something that is like outside of my control <laughs> that I can like get excited about See, and like let me emotionally go here or there in the roller coaster yeah. of sports. And so it's kind of nice, but then yes, uh, when you're a Chargers and Padres fan, you oftentimes get let down. Yeah. You, you've been trying to convince me for 10 years that uh, there's these like magical or, you know, sort of dark forces around sports and that some teams are cursed and stuff. I don't really believe it, but then I sort of do only because of what the Chargers do. Like the Chargers truly make me believe in it. Like how could you possibly lose? They make you think. So well, many different ways that no one else loses. Yeah, much. well, I don't think it's like a curse. I just think like when you have bad ownership, it just it manifests itself. Yeah, that is a curse. You're exactly. cursed by bad ownership. Exactly. But, but how do, what do the owners have to do with the fact that the Vikings miss every clutch kick in the history of the franchise? It's just it, because, <laughs> because if they were better at their job, it wouldn't have come down to a kick. You know, or yeah, something. but like Gary Anderson's <laughs> one of the greatest kickers in NFL history. Nate Kading was the most accurate kicker in That's right. the NFL That's history, right. and then he missed everything in the playoffs. I I'm there with you, man. Yeah, I don't. It, it's it's defies logic. <laughs> and then the Patriots have Vinatieri. <laughs> Shut up. Like, Shout out South Dakota State. Here we are. <laughs> we come full circle go. back to yeah. FCS football. How Perfect. about that? Kaplan's a radio uh, natural. <laughs> uh, ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Yesterday, we went through uh, a couple levels of our pressure tiers, uh, Big Sky Conference football pressure cookers. Which programs are under the least pressure? Middling pressure, you know, kind of some pressure. And which are the, the high pressure teams? I went through the no pressure teams. I think... Because Idaho State was such a disaster, and now they have a, a new head coach who isn't this brash, swashbuckling, I'm going to recruit all these good players, we're going to be in the playoffs right away, Charlie Raggle. I mean, Cody Hawkins said on this show like, about a month and a half ago, he said, I, I know that we have, I have a, a really, really uphill battle. I do not expect us to be good for a little while, but I'm here for the long run. So I, I think that, that comes with pretty much no pressure because I think everybody expects Idaho State to just be the bottom of the league. Same thing with Northern Colorado. It can't get any worse. I mean, Zach, you were saying you were reading up a little bit about oh, the Ed McCaffrey stuff. It's uh, 
it's actually really hard. When you actually read the newspaper articles, it's actually hard to believe what was going on down there in Greeley. The former players and like just what, what they said and the way it disheartened everybody. I've read something about a former player who was literally ashamed to have played for them or it's like say he had played for them. So anything past that is an improvement. I mean, the fact that they have, you know, multiple practices called off because they said that the coaching staff couldn't get to Greeley from Denver. Couldn't quite make the commute, Coulter. How, how is that couldn't even happening? Like, how is that even a reality? How do you have a, a Division One football program where the coaches don't live in the town that they coach? I mean, the whole thing was totally bizarre, but I think that means that Northern Colorado has no pressure on them. And well, I've also been to Northern Colorado many times that's on right. these road trips, that's and right. there's like 100 people at the game. So it's, it's hard, it's, to, it's hard it's to be so, in the pressure cooker when you have no fans. Well, when they're playing Montana, they get 3K. It's so, it's it's so, it's so silly. I know that... Northern Colorado does bring some some pretty good to, to very competitive teams into the big sky, specifically in men's and women's basketball. Mm-hmm. They've been good in men's basketball and very good in women's basketball, certainly. Um, Volleyball is pretty good. Soccer has been very good. But it's a football league, and Northern Colorado is just in no way a Division One football program. It's actually too bad they could. There's these there's these affiliate members in in football, UC Davis and Cal Poly, that aren't in the league in any other sport. I wish you could go the other way with Northern Colorado. If they could just have all the rest of their sports in the Big Sky, and then just have the football program be D two. Because I mean, mm-hmm. every time you go there, you're like, yeah, there's no surprise why these guys aren't good. There's just it's just not the same thing as what exists in Montana. Not at all. The the facilities, everything there, the environment. But that it, that's what it makes it worse. I remember in the in that, that last stit year, and the Grizz lost to another Colorado on the road. I mean, first time ever, right? And I'm sitting there on the bus, and I was like, I mean, this is a, almost as low as it gets. Like, how do you lose to this? And I'm just how? looking right. at I'm looking right. at the stadium, and there no fans there. I'm like, how? How do you lose to that? It's it's unbelievable. So and then the, the last uh, no pressure team I had was Cal Poly. I know it seems like low hanging fruit to just pick the three worst teams in the league, but I do think it's the three worst teams in the league for sure. But also the three worst teams in the league that have had huge overturns in their coaching staff. All three have new head coaches. See, I listened yesterday. Yeah, my only counter argument is because you get Heward coming in. For sure, does Sam that, Heward does and that, does that push them into the little bit of pressure? Because when you bring in a guy, I mean, that's... Yeah. That does it, not happen in it, the big sky, it, ever. I mean... It, it, so I'll, does I'll that ju- make it go to the little bit of pressure just because of him alone? To connect this, Sam Heward, who was, I believe, a top 15 recruit in the United States of America, right? I mean, was I think, I out of high school, he was... Uh, I think he was right like a there. top three or five quarterback. I mean, he's, he's yeah, a, fi- he's a five-star class. recruit. Five, yeah. I, I believe he is the first five-star recruit ever to come to the Big Sky yeah. Conference. There, there's been, you know, probably a couple dozen four-star guys that were drop-downs at one yeah. point or another. I mean, Northern Colorado's last quarterback, Dylan McCaffrey, was at one point a four-star recruit. But I believe Sam Heward transferring from Washington to Cal Poly was the first five-star recruit in in uh, Big Sky history. The tie that binds there, Sheldon Cross, was uh, Sam Heward's high school coach. Sheldon Cross also has some Big Sky ties. He's formerly the offensive coordinator at Idaho State. So the other part about the Cal Poly thing is you're right. they got a five-star quarterback coming in. They've also invested money in the football program. $30 million. I mean, John Madden threw down money to, to build them new facilities. They have been very good in the past. I mean, Cal Poly has good football tradition. I mean, since in our time covering this thing, I mean, they've been in the playoffs like four or five times. But when I say why a little bit of pressure, because all of that was with the triple option. So now that you're bringing in this type of a quarterback, 
can it work? Because right. it's only worked when you've had the I don't want I don't want to say gimmick of the triple option, but, but but true. But that that was a way that you could compete because it's you know let's just be honest. It's harder to get kids at Cal Poly because of the academic standards. So you go triple option so you can kind of hang in there. So can it work in this other style? So that's why I would put them in the little bit of pressure category. I agree with Sean. You got the the investment. You got, and the last part about it is that Paul Wolf is an incredibly proven coach. I mean, Cody Hawkins is a hot name in the coaching business because of his family name. And also because he's been a sort of an up and coming defensive or I mean, offensive coordinator there at UC Davis. He's in his early thirties. So he's really young. And, you know, Ed Lamb won a Big Sky title at Southern Utah in 2015 and now is back in the Big Sky at Northern Colorado. Well, make no mistake. I mean, Paul Wolf is a multiple-time Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year, led Eastern Washington to multiple playoff berths. And, uh, I mean, he, he's a very good coach throughout the, the course of his resume, and he's got great experience in the Big Sky. The most the last thing we won't, don't want to get too stuck on Cal Poly. It's our ESPN roundtable. <laughs> but the last thing that's mystifying to me, though, is you're right. They did run sort of this original gimmicky-type offense with the triple option. What happened to their defense, though? Because that was the thing that, I mean, we've seen some battles between Montana and Cal Poly and Montana State and Cal Poly, too, and their defense always banged. They were always... Such high, you know, high motor hitters. Cal Poly has some of the best linebackers in the league. Yeah, but why? Why can you have a high motor? That's true. When, that's true. When you're on the, defense, when the offense is on the field for ten minutes no, at a time, it's, it's true. It's one hundred percent. So when you go spread it out, and then bam, you're you're on the field for you know twenty five possessions compared to seven. Sure, like, that makes a difference. I, it, there is the stylistic part of it, but the just watching Cal Poly live in person talent, last year, yeah. they're, they're they're just no, they're, they don't. There's a lot of problems you could have as a football team. Idaho State quit last year because their coach wouldn't stop talking smack about him in the postgame <laughs> press conferences. Eastern Washington quit last year. Who knows really why, but they, they were done, put a fork in you. Well, because their schedule but was insane in the beginning. Their schedule was insane for sure, but they yeah. rolled over and died when they were in Missoula. Cal Poly has the worst problem you could have, though. They didn't have anybody that could be on the field. Like yeah. when the Cats scored 72 on you, Vegan was visibly infuriated during the Cal Poly game because – they were trying to run out the clock, and Cal Poly wouldn't tackle them. In the, yeah, <laughs> the, the Grizz game in the snow, the Grizz were just running the same play over and over again. And all of a sudden, Nick Osmo's got 300 yards yeah, rushing. It's like, what is going on? Yeah, they give up 140 combined points in those <laughs> games. I mean, think about that. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's truly mystifying. Zach Kaplan and uh, Sean Rady of uh, SWX Montana Television in studio with us for the duration of the second hour here. A little big sky pressure cooker. I, so, okay, I, I'd hear that argument. Bump Cal Poly up uh, a little bit. I, I didn't even get a chance to ask you this, Zach. We'll keep going on these pressure cookers, but what do you think of the Big Sky? We, t- we got your thoughts on high school football. What do you think of the Big Sky Conference? I, I think it's kind of in this purgatory where it is the second best conference. Like I think the Missouri Valley, like you have more national champions and you have kind of, in my opinion, you know the, the best teams, but they're kind of in this, like they can't quite win a national championship, but they're, they're good enough to be there every year, but right. just can't quite break through. So they're firmly in that number two role. I think it stays that way. And when it's like you, the big guy has six of the top, what, 15 to 18 every, teams like, in the country. And it's been like that for the last few years. But they years. don't have the top two, yeah. right? And yeah, so then, that's you, the problem. then you just, it is the problem because then you just beat each other up and everybody's kind of just playing for third. And uh, it is. It's an interesting dynamic. All right, so into the the uh, just a little bit of pressure category. Uh, I said Portland State has a little bit of pressure. That's just the category they're always in because I think the pressure stems from not this massive expectation, but how do you keep the program going? At some point, the rubber's going to meet the road. They had the great year in 2015. They haven't been any good since then. 
They don't play downtown anymore. They don't have a park. They got a bus out to Hillsboro Stadium. It's it's not ideal, but at some point, too, maybe the university just decides we don't want to do this anymore. There's been all these talks about Portland State not having football, so where are we at with Portland State? No, I would agree. I'll, I'll never forget uh, we were doing a Portland State Grizz game, and I'm interviewing uh, the coach on the sidelines. He goes, oh, yeah, so... The pr- previous two weeks, we played at Cal Poly at NAU, and we just bust everywhere. We were literally on the bus for like two straight weeks because they they can't they can't afford to fly anywhere. It's unbelievable. It's just like wow. how do you function? Like how is that a thing? Like they're literally busing for like six out of the fourteen days playing these games. Like it's just nuts. I would argue with the, the, they're a little bit of pressure, but Barney is now thirty and fifty and eight seasons there. Exactly. I I don't know. I don't think he's got a ton of pressure. He's kind of just doing his thing. Uh, Buying beer for fans, you know. What's the sustainability of football at Portland State? I think that's a talking point. But also they have a relatively new athletic director in John Johnson, and he he came on the show last year talking about some of the challenges of Portland State. So I don't know. We'll see. I I do think that it's not necessarily – I don't think that Bruce Barham is ever going to get – fired at Portland State, but there is going to be the conversation when his next contract is up if they just move on because, I mean, eight seasons is a long time to, mm-hmm. to sort of rebuild. Could they go D2 at some point? Well, they were, I mean, they were really, really competitive in Division Two until they moved up to Division One in 96. They won a Division Two national championship when they had Neil Lomax there. So they certainly... Proven they can win at that level. Uh, the other little pressure categories I or little pressure um, teams I had, programs I had was UC Davis, Weber State, and Sac State. Uh, the question for you, Rady, is see, I'm, does, bu- I'm bumping Weber and Sac up. Okay, so we'll get to that in a minute. My yeah. question for you is about Davis, though. Okay, Davis is so fascinating because they've been pretty good. And I don't really think that anybody cares if, as long as they're not bad, I don't really know if anybody cares. I know. I would almost put them in the no pressure category. Uh, totally. Because, <laughs> I, mean, Haw- they, I mean, Hawkins, I mean, he's doing his thing. They got a brand like, name coach. At one point, Dan Hawkins was one of the most famous coaches in all of college football. And now he's back at his alma mater. Uh, they've made the playoffs three times since he's been the coach there. They, they have winning records pretty much every year. Uh, they're usually in the top 25. And, uh, you know, they're a little 10,000 person stadium. They, they put more fans in it than not. And, That's what I'm saying. I, like, if they finish the season. In the, you know, let's say 15th, sure. or if they finish the season, you know, 40th or whatever, I yeah. don't really think there's much of a difference. So, yeah. like, I'm going to just kind of put no pressure. They've been what they've been. I don't think you're going to get, they're never going to be horrible. Right. So, I just think they're kind of just cruising along, and they're always like the team that you don't want to catch, uh, you know, like you have to prepare for, and they're feisty, but they're never great, you know. Have you even seen UC Davis? <laughs> I can't say I have. See, because I was thinking, I haven't seen Davis live in person for several years, and you've only been here for a couple of years, so I'm, I mean, I'm kind of in the dark about UC Davis. Too, I mean, I watch him on TV, but that's different than mm-hmm. seeing him in person. Yeah, they, I mean, they went to Bozeman last year. The thing I'd say about Davis is they have a really easy schedule this year, and if they miss the playoffs this year for back-to-back years, going into next year, I think you could see Hawkins. If you miss the playoffs three years in a row, the talent they have, I think, you know, it's time for some unpleasant conversations. That's right. I did see UC Davis. See, it all blurs together when you get old like me. Uh, I, I saw him <laughs> last year. That was the, that it, it was was the a, Chambers breakout game. It was a night game, yeah. and, and Chambers yeah. uh, ran, ran the wrong play for a 77-yard <laughs> touchdown, and <laughs> Vegan was laughing. And uh, then he had another long touchdown, and all of a sudden he's the National Player of the Week. And uh, Tommy Malott, who? But then that came all the way back around because then Chambers got hurt, Malott came back, and uh, we're off and rolling. Okay, so the high-pressure teams we haven't talked about. It's our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Uh, that we haven't got to NAU, we haven't got to Montana, Montana State, Idaho, or Eastern Washington. But first, 
Sean thinks that Weber State and Sac State should both be in the high-pressure category. Why? I do because their identity was so filled with their previous coach. Troy, right. Troy Taylor obviously brought so much success to Sac State, more than that they've ever had, and he did it from an offensive lens. So now you got Andy Thompson coming in, former Grizz linebacker, defensive guy. I don't think there's going to be a ton of pressure from like fans to like win the Big Sky Conference this year because they lost so much talent. I think they are understanding of the situation that they are in. But internally, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Andy Thompson put on by himself and his staff internally because they're going to have to prove that they can get it done and it's not Troy Taylor because right. they got to do it in a different way. Yep. They got to prove that he, he it's they can sustain the success moving forward. So I think that there's a lot of pressure because if it if they are bad, bad and it right. flops, then you're going to have the questions are going to come out like Okay, well, Sac State was it was just the Troy Taylor thing, and sure. they're going to just be in the doldrums of the the Big Sky Conference for you know the rest ten you know for however long. And so I think that's kind of the same argument with Weber State. So that's why I think that there there is a, a decent amount of pressure on both of those schools. Not the most. I don't know if we're going to you know rank sure, sure. later on, but like I, I do think that they're in between a little and a lot, uh, you know, knocking on the door of a lot of pressure. Uh, and I, I do think there's personal pressure there for Andy Thompson as well. I mean, C- Coach Thompson's a great friend of the show. He's always been awesome. I mean, he was one of my first regular podcast guests when we first started mm-hmm. Skyline Sports. And the reason there's so much per- pressure on him just personally is because he has been sort of the heir apparent for the league, right? A lot of people thought he was going to take over for Jerome Sowers in Northern Arizona. He didn't. I know he was disappointed by that. He goes to Sac State. And then he's kind of the heir apparent there. He's been, you know, in the mix. His name is at least mentioned when Montana has been open because he himself is a Montana alum. So just because he's a familiar face, I think that well, that, and and the trajectory of his career is going to be based on these next few years, that's right, most that's likely. Right. Yeah. And when you're talking Sac State and all this realignment and Mountain West and blah blah yep. blah, like there's been you know some articles and things out there that Sac State could be a fit to possibly sure. move, and so that is going to be very important for that university no and, and program in the next few years. So I I think there's some pressure there. Are, are you with them? Do you think that these uh, these two programs have been very good the last couple of years? Are they high pressure situations? I think the thing for both programs is that they're both set up pretty well this year. Like Weber has an easy schedule; they play a D two school just like Montana does, and I think they'll be good because of that. I don't think there's an expectation to reach the playoffs this year with Weber, but I mean, they should be above 500, especially if you have a D2 school in there. With Sack, I think it's interesting because, like you said, Andy Thompson knows the league. He's been an assistant for a long time, obviously played at Montana, and uh, you better believe he's got November 4th and September 16th circled on his calendar. He gets to play Troy Taylor in Stanford and then gets to come to Missoula, play them on November 4th. That's going to be a huge game for both teams, and uh, I, you know, he'll throw the kitchen sink at the Grizz and probably show why he should have, you know, why he, he thinks he should have had the Montana job a few years back. The, the other part about it, too, I think that there's more pressure on SAC than Weber because Weber State had 10 years worth of recruiting under Jay Hill. I mean, we could only name a handful of guys off the top of our head that were defensive guys at Weber, yet we know for a fact that Weber's been one of the best defenses mm-hmm. in the conference, one of the best defenses in the country, period. Even no matter who they lose off of last year's team, they're just going to have a bunch of dudes. Part of that's because of where they're at. I mean, you in the state of Utah, you can just get yep, you so have the many. Built-in g- thing. I mean, you have the yeah. built-in thing. You can get 
LDS kids that are coming back for missions that are older and more mature. You can get a bunch of Polynesian guys because that is also a part of uh, just uh, sort of the, the demographic of recruits that come from that area. So you're always going to have a chance to be really good on defense. And I mean, Weaver's been good even before Jay Hill, but I just know they're going to be stockpiled on defense. They've also had some really talented offensive players. So maybe having an offensive coach actually makes it so you're better on offense. I mean, they've had guys that if they were at other schools would have been incredibly prolific. Uh, they've just been so conservative offensively. At SAC, they actually don't lose that much in terms of the number of guys they lose, but it's the who of what they lose yeah. that's so detrimental, right? You, you don't have Jake Dunaway or Asher O'Hara, the two quarterbacks that just killed the league the last couple of years. You don't have Pierre, Will- Pierre Williams. He was a three-time you know, first-team All-League wide receiver. They, Jackie's boy, Martin Mapu, the Patriot draft pick. Okay, so you like this. You like the Marte Mapu pick to, to Sac State. Everyone loves it. Or Sac State's to New England. Yeah. I'm like... Amazed. Every every report has been good. <laughs> Everyone says, oh, he's such a Belichick draft pick. He's fitting in. He's doing camps with the kids. I'm like, Marte Mapu? I'm like, the same guy I just watched the last two years? But uh, everyone in New England loves him. I can't believe they picked him in the third round. We, Scadaboo. Scadaboo's gone. Cameron Scadaboo's probably the best all-purpose oh weapon in, we don't in think the conference. Go 2QB again, right? See, that's going to be the whole thing. Is is they have two transfers team. coming in, Nevada and Carson Camp from South Dakota. Right, and Carson Camp got, running. got uh, beat up pretty good last time mm-hmm. he was in Missoula when South for Dakota was game. here, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I just... If Sac State still needs to win with their offense and their coach is a defensive guy, I think that's a bigger hurdle to overcome. It just seems like if you're going to flip... The identity of your program, because of the identity of your coach, it's easier to go as a defensive program than now as an offensive guy than it is the other way around. Yeah, well, it's going to just depend on how they how they have it structured. Like, is, is do they have some of the offensive staff that is just going to stay in place, and he's just going to let them do their thing, and they're going to kind of run it like Troy Taylor did for, from those people that learned underneath right. them, and he's just going to take care of the defense. So it'll just be interesting. Coach Thompson do. said that on the show last time he was on. He said that's the, the plan. Yeah. Easier said than done, though, right? I yeah. mean, yeah. that was Jeff Choate's plan at Montana State, too. And then all of a sudden, he's grabbing the offensive headset, and he's got 17 offensive coordinators in the span of five years. And sometimes it's a little difficult for the defensive guys to not meddle over there on the yeah. offense. And, and every year that you get separated from that coach, it gets a little un- more unrecognizable That's each right. year that you separate. So Pressure Cookers in the Big Sky, our ESPN Roundtable. It's presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls is a great place to gather with family and friends alike. They have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, food and drink specials open seven days a week. Go check them out there on Brook Street, 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. We still haven't even gotten to all the high-pressure teams, so we'll keep doing this, and we'll do that next. Plus, we got free wings from the Desperado. Keep it right here. Wing it Wednesday, Big Sky Football style coming at you. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. 
mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. One, two, three. That is now on ESPN Radio. Tommy and Ryan are both getting texts about this bumper music. This is classic. No internet, no problem. We're rolling on the radio and on the television. Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio and SWX Montana Television. Joined in studio by two fine gents from SWX Montana TV. Sean Rainey, the sports director over there, as well as Zach Kaplan making his ESPN Missoula debut. Appreciate these guys for rolling along with us. It's a Wednesday, so that means we got Wings. Wing It Wednesday presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Call us right now. Call number 4-406-888-1029. We got a basket of hot wings for you, courtesy of the Despo. Despo located there on Russell Street, right across the street from the YMCA. They got awesome uh, burgers and beers and uh, French fries and all the good stuff, but the wings will keep you coming back for more. Call right now, 888-1029. Call number 4. We got a basket of wings for you from the Despo. Appreciate the Desperado for their continued support of Wing It Wednesday here uh, on Nuanas Now. All right, we're, we're going to continue with our Big Sky pressure cooker situation. So basically these guys have talked me into bumping up teams into each tier, and uh, I, I sort of agree now that uh, there is some pressure there at Sac State and Weber State. Also, uh, text in from a loyal listener. Uh, thanks to uh, Big Dylan McFarland for his uh, feedback on this. It reminded me that Andy Thompson was a quarterback uh, at Montana as well. He actually came to... to Montana uh, in the late 90s as a high school quarterback out of Walla Walla, Washington, and then uh, promptly switched to linebacker. Uh, but a guy who, who definitely understands, knows both sides of the ball. He also started his college career, I believe, as a running backs coach there at Northern Arizona before switching to defense. So um, certainly some offensive acumen there for, for Sac State's uh, first-year head coach. Also, Zach, put your phone down. You're not allowed to call in for the wings. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't handle the hot wings at Despo. I love, I'm not saying the wings. I love the wings, but I my body physically, oh, I sure. can't handle it. No, the, the spice is real, for sure. There's a couple real spicy ones over there at the Despo. I got so. the garlic parm, and I found out the hard way. So yeah, 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 don't be a, like me. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was tough. We're going to get to the, the, the most pressure situations here in the league in just a minute, but I think that the one team that's sort of towards the the bottom of the high-pressure tier is Northern Arizona. When Jerome Sowers retired, nobody really knew what was going to happen. Uh, they brought in this, this pretty well-renowned coach in Chris Ball who'd been at a bunch of Power 5 schools. You ask any coach in the league, what do you think of Coach Ball? They say, oh, he's a great ball coach. He's you know, a great recruiter, great ball coach. They've had prestigious recruiting classes. They've had some of the best freshmen in the league. They haven't won any games. They've been, they've been nothing since Coach Ball took over. And a far cry for what they were with, with Jerome Sowers. I mean, they were always like a seven-win team with Coach Sowers, and every once in a while they make the playoffs. They haven't been close. Uh, is there any pressure there? I think there's a lot well, of pressure there at NAU. I think the number one, what makes this kind of debate interesting is there's what is the criteria for pressure? I think the number one criteria is from externally from the fan base, right? And NAU has a pretty decent following compared to a lot of the other teams in the Big Sky Conference. So you're automatically going to kind of put them in that upper echelon as far as uh, – you know, 
fan bases that follow them. So if they're not doing well, yes, you were going to have some pressure. You're also talking about... You also can't afford to lose any more fans because their their fan base has dwindled yeah. a little bit in recent years. And, and that's, that's tough to see because, you know, we've had the Montana schools with this great following. But then, you know, going on the road for all these games... There are some places that have good fans. Mm-hmm. They're they're not Washington Grizz or, or you know Bobcat Stadium, but but they're it, it's adequate. It's not. There's some places where you go, there's nobody there, and you're like, why is there no one here? It's so mm-hmm. sad. Like, even Weber State, why does no one go to their games? NAU has had crowds though before, and you can see them dwindling. Yeah, and you know they had a. You're, you're losing a talented quarterback, uh, so it's like hey, why why are people leaving uh, the program, things like that. So, yeah, I, I would agree. I think they're on the, the lower end of, yes, there's some pressure there. I think that the, when I rank them in the high pressure, it's mostly because I think that Coach Ball is under some of the highest pressure in the league just because he's had a, a sustained amount of time there at NAU and they haven't really been able to turn the corner. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's pretty simple. They, they make the playoffs or he's gone. This is year five for him. He's 15 and 24 in those four years. He's coming off his worst record, three and eight this past season. Yeah. If you have five years and you can't get in the playoffs, I think it's pretty simple uh, that it's it, you got to make it or you're gone. Oh, especially, too, when you have R.J. Martinez, who is the, the freshman of the year, and he transfers out. Kevin Daniels, who was a second-team all-league running back as a freshman, he also transferred out. They had a, sort of this mass exodus. When it first happens, you're like, oh, it's a new coach, not that surprising, and then it keeps happening. You lose these premier talents. Mm-hmm. Certainly not great. Uh, where are we at with Idaho? Andrew thinks that Idaho doesn't deserve to be in the high pressure. He thinks that they're more low pressure because he thinks they're playing with house money still. I think that even though they were you know, just a 7-4 and four team last year, but they made the playoffs, they won in Missoula, I think because there's so much hype around them, I mean, they're preseason number five in the country in the Hero Sports Poll. I think there's a lot of pressure on the University of Idaho. Yeah, last year they were playing with house money. This year they're not. Because it's amazing that, how much it changes in one year, yeah, right? Yeah, because now the expectations are put on you. So when you have that five next to you to start the year, then when you you know drop the first game that you dropped that you maybe shouldn't have dropped, things start getting ratcheted up a little bit. I would say that if if they have a middling season where you know they make the playoffs but they lose early and they're okay, but they're not much better than they were last year, then I think it really gets ratcheted up next year. But they certainly have, you know, more pressure than any team that we have talked about yet because they have a lot of guys coming back. They obviously have like a young stud at quarterback and everything has been so hunky dory so far in the, with the program, the coach situation and everything. So if things don't go according to plan, when, you're not going to be able to just sneak up on teams anymore. Then it's going to start ratcheting up the pressure as the season goes along. That's the challenge. They're not going to sneak up on anybody, but they do play Cal and Nevada in the non-conference. Nevada lost to Incarnate Word last year, so they're showing they can lose to an FCS team. If they have that early success going into those games against Montana, Montana State, the expectation is going to be even higher. And, you know, McCoy, like you said, is a stud and an all-league guy, I think, potentially. And, you know, I like that's where, to me, it's going to increase tenfold if they win one of those games against a, a FBS team. The reason I think that Coach Eck is such a great coach, though, is that there's some coaches where they're really good when they're front runners. Bobby Houck is very much like that. There's some coaches where they're really good with their backs against the wall. Jeff Choate was very good like that when it, you know the Cats had some seasons where they're sitting there at four and four, they can't lose again, and they would they would win all the way through to get to the playoffs, and they you know they beat the Grizz a couple times in that fashion. I think Eck could be good at both. I think last year he played the me against the world card, and now this year he can be like, hey, 
We're, we're preseason number five. Let's prove it. We got swagger. We got players. Let's do it. Let's just let it all, all hang out. So I don't know. I think I, I've been very, I know it's only one year sample size. It's And it's also easy to have a lot of hype around you when you take over for a program that had been so bad. But I've been very impressed with, with Jason X so far in Idaho. No, totally agree. But it is going to change, though, with the fan base. I you know, have one buddy who's a big Idaho Vandals fan, and you know they're, they're riding high, thinking well, that, that they're going to be one of the best teams in the big sky, competing for a championship. And if they start stumbling out of the blocks, then it's, you know things change. Well, that, Expectations that, that, change. That's the other part. We were just talking about NAU's fans. NAU has a good fan base, whatever. Idaho has real fans. Yep. They, they have a real alumni base. Yep. They, you know, There is tens of thousands of people that care about the University of Idaho football. So now there is expectation externally as well. There, there is going to be a lot of pressure from uh, sort of just the, the university at large. I think they expect to win a playoff game this year, and I think if they fall short of that, there'll be pressure. Like Sean well, said, it's got to be more than that. Year. If they're, you know, you're preseason five, you better win for sure. A couple. Uh, I think. Well, first of all, premise here. I think that the two highest pressure jobs in the league are are the two highest pressure programs are always going to be Montana and Montana State. Yep. But, yep. I think, but Eastern Washington's not far behind because I think Eastern. They can't lose their footing. They they built so incrementally, and then they exploded, and they were the team of the decade in the 2010s in the Big Sky Conference. The Eastern team I watched the first Big Sky Conference game in Cheney against Montana State, and then the team that came to Missoula six weeks later is a shell of itself. That's indicative of not a lot of good stuff internally when teams just they have the same players and they don't have anywhere close to the same spirit. They can't let it fall apart at Eastern Washington. I think this is an enormous year. I, I actually, I, you and I both agree that we think Montana's the program that has the most pressure on it this year, but I think Eastern's second. Well, there is an argument to be made, and you know more about you know the, the financial situation of the school as a whole, but you could make the argument for Eastern because if they just go, if they have a, a repeat season of last year and go into the doldrums again, I mean, there's a chance it takes years if they ever do come out of that and, right. and it just completely changes the whole project uh, trajectory of the a program that has been one of the best in the big sky conference over all of the years so you could argue you could argue big picture it, it this could be a bigger season for eastern than anybody else they don't have to montana's have to worry about potentially dropping to d2 like we'll never <laughs> we'll never right. see that happen i think it's so realistic for eastern who could have made the NCAA tournament in hoops last year. Didn't. Right. Football was at that point being perennial top 10 team. They are not anymore. And they only have a couple of soft spots in the schedule. I mean, you, you, I know you think Coach Best is on the hot seat. They've had these like schedules, though. They had to go to Florida last no, year. For they sure. had to go to Oregon. That, and they have to do it again this year. they got to play NDSU. And, like, well, it's, also, it's, just the, it's just the range of outcomes, right? Like yeah. Eastern has a way higher range of outcomes this year than right. Montana does. Like Montana has the pressure, but you know... I mean, worst comes to worst, they're similar to last year. Sure, you know what I mean. Like Eastern, I mean, the absolute worst case scenario for the Grizz. If the if the biggest catastrophe that could possibly happen, and this includes losing to a Division two school at home, they're still going to be five and six. Exactly. So yeah. it's like, uh, right? Like Eastern could go two and nine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, and, the, and that the, ain't good. Yeah, and that, so that's what I'm saying. The the pressure. You, that's why you have that argument because I mean, they could legitimately have. Be one of the best teams in the conference or one of the worst. You also just can't lose the thing that's been sort of your brand all this time. I mean, forever, the only thing you knew to be true at Eastern Washington is they play on red turf and they got the best quarterback in the league. Then they didn't. All of a sudden, they didn't. The string ran out. They had like eight guys in a row, and then last year, Gunnar talking team was just fine, but that's not good enough when Mm -hmm. when that's what you do is throw the ball. When you give up 63 points. Uh, Exactly. 
We will talk about the Montana schools on the other side. Keep it right here. Do us now? ESPN Radio. Well, of all the bumper music that we have here on our No Internet Day, that's the only song we still kind of play. Well, Gladys Knight and the Pips here on your Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in. We should have played music trivia. I totally forgot, uh, and now I'm reminded. If you know anything about our man Sean Rainey, okay. who's sitting here, he does he knows doesn't know who sings any song. Oh, right when you said that, I was like, who? You could play you could play any tune for name that tune, and Sean wouldn't know. She sang the anthem at the Super Bowl a few years ago. Sean, she did no, the, she no did the Atlanta Super Bowl. Uh, no, I would clue. have never been able to tell no you that. Clue. Oh nope. man! Uh, <laughs> Ten years from now, you're going to have teenagers, and then maybe you might know. Maybe, maybe. if I played a Taylor Swift song, could you tell me that was Taylor Swift? Mm, probably. <laughs> Two, like 2000s like hip hop and that's it that's all I know <laughs> <laughs> any Nelly song he's your, he's your guy <laughs> he's got you uh, Nuan is now ESPN Radio SWX by Ted Television and uh, the ESPN app MT app most days but no ESPN MT app today we don't have any internet but that's the brilliance of both radio and now, television Coulter. let's go Tommy's back in the house give me a raise I, and a cranny Coulter well, if it was up to me I would give you a raise every day because you're the only person that knows how to fix anything around here so uh, pretty essential person uh, within the company we've been doing pressure cooker stuff we've been doing it all the second hour if you missed anything in the show you can always find it Nuana's Now podcast visit goblackfoot.com or visit the M Store where they all grizz all the time. Or hit up the MSU Bookstore uh, for all things blue and gold on game day or any other day. Sean Rainey, Zach Kaplan rolling with us here uh, on your Wednesday. All right, so we both we all agree the uh, the teams with the highest pressure on them in the Big Sky uh, almost every year in broad premise are going to be the Montana schools. But I think that the Montana Grizzlies sit at number one on these rankings. I think that last year was one of the more disappointing seasons in school history. It really shows you. The level of prestige the Grizz have been able to operate at for so long because they were still an eight-win team that won a playoff game. A lot of FCS schools would like that, but that's not what the standard is at Montana. They got the best stadium in the country. They got the best fans in the country. But that all plays into it, right? So there's always going to be huge pressure on Montana, but particularly coming into this year. And I think what makes uh, the pressure even more is because there's now nobody else to blame, okay? Because I feel like a lot of it last year was... Okay, we need a we need a change at offensive coordinator. We need to you know switch things up in the in in this situation, and that's why you know maybe we we struggled because we need we need to switch things up on on the offensive side of the ball. Now you you can't keep going down the list of things you know. So now it's like this year. It, I mean, Hulk's got to be feeling it a little bit. Like it's it's on you know Coach Hulk and that staff to to get it going. You know because you contract can't, year as well. Yep. So. I mean, by far. And, you know, you have a obviously, you know, a fan base that's going to let you know about it if you lose. So I, I think Montana's, you know, by far number one, you know, and the fact that, you know, they've only won one brawl, you know, in a while. I mean, they've, so, they've, they've lost five out of six. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. they got a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. Who would have thought, knowing what we knew about Bobby Houck before his return, that Bobby Houck would be sitting here with one win over the Cats in five seasons? Mm-hmm. Of all the things that I thought wasn't, I, you know, there's all these different outcomes, and Bobby Houck has the now infamous line when he was hired where he says the only thing that's changed about the Big Sky Conference is Montana's not at the top of the league anymore. He, he abruptly found out about a lot of the teams in the Big Sky, including Sac State, who they haven't beaten in years, Weber State, who beat them in the playoffs. 
Um, well, and you throw the RTD around, and, like, that and that's going to be the whole For thing. Sure. And then it, the only thing though I happens. thought was going to be at least even was the Cacarys rivalry. I didn't expect that Coach Houck would be yeah. on the the losing side of two of the biggest beatdowns in the history of the rivalry in Bozeman the last two times the Grizz went there. Well, I think that's. I mean, you said it right there. It's not just that they lost; it's how you know. I think you can kind of explain away the miracle in Missoula or whatever. You sure. know, like they. It's a good game. Yeah, they, you know, Montana State got hot, came back. Yeah, but, you know, Montana, yeah exactly. Uh, but the the beatdowns and the... I mean, give it up 450 rushing yards. And the, yes, and the overall thought process of fans being like, well, you know what they're going to do, and there's nothing, it seems like you have no answers. Like, that's right. the most frustrating thing from the fan perspective is For like, sure. okay, you, you know, and you still can't do anything about it. That's what makes it frustrating. What do you think about the the pressure gauge for the Cats uh, this year? I think, I, I mean, they've been so good on the field. Like, I think we all expect them to be at that level again. They have a harder schedule, though, and that's been they the knock from so many Grizz fans. they got to go to South Dakota State. they got to go to Idaho. They have to go to SAC. Like, they have these tough games now lined up. So how can they kind of navigate that? Because I know a lot of people feel like they've gotten an easy ride from the Big Sky schedule-wise. Not this year. They'll be tested right off the bat. Well, that's such a huge influence on the Big Sky race every year is who inherits the quote-unquote easy schedule and how can they take advantage of it. But I also always remind people, you still got to win all the games in front of you. You can say all you want that Sac State had an easy schedule. They still went 8-0 in conference play. That's Idaho this year, by the way. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, you still do have the Cats and the Grizz on the schedule if you're Idaho. You just get them both in Moscow. So, I, I don't know. What else to add about the Grizz, though, this high-pressure situation? I think uh, overall, to me, it's a... I think there's a lot of, a lot of pressure... On the search for quarterback. Yep. And, and is the strategy for how they've been doing it sustainable? Ex- yes. Because people really right. started to call into question this, you know, tra- one-year transfers every year. If they don't have a hit for the second time in a row. I mean, Lucas Johnson was fine last year, he's, and sometimes he was really good. But is this sustainable? I think people are really questioning that already. But I think we're learning in today's college football you can't win unless you have a guy at that position that can make plays that can win you a football game. That's right. Back in the day when Hulk was succeeding, it was a you can manage the game, every, you know, and he just also had great quarterbacks. They were just sort of overshadowed by all the other great players on the team. True. Well, like, I mean, but Craig it, Oaks and it, Cole Burgess are both way better than what the cat, what the Grizz have had since Bobby Houck returned. But I do feel like the the mindset of Coach Houck and the way that the the offense was set up was we don't necessarily need the quarterback to make these amazing plays for us to win a football game. When I think that is what you need to have in today's college football in order to win games. Defensively, it's just it's very hard to hold a team down for so long. Like you have to have a really good quarterback. And you see it, you know, across the board. Um and then I think there's just a lot of questions with the with the defense and how sustainable is the three three five and will there be any changes uh there as well. So there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure, man. I mean, how has to show that this reshuffling the deck works on defense? It has to be. Sure. Can you handle the plus one run game? Because when you go against a Dakota State or the Cats, like, can you handle that? Have you shown the ability to adapt to it? And then offensively, like Sean said, having a quarterback who can make those big plays show out in games, he's got to show that this that the shuffle worked. If you beat the Cats this year, all of a sudden you've split the last four meetings. But if you lose, you've lost five of six. It's a big difference. It's a huge difference for sure, and. Uh I'm so intrigued to see. I think that what we've been talking about for the last hour, 
pressure. I think pressure, sort of caving the Grizz, was one of the biggest factors of last year. Now the Cats are going to have so much pressure as the defending Big Sky champs, plus all the off-the-field stuff that's happened in Bozeman over the last six, seven, eight months. If you start to crack, then all of a sudden maybe you start to crumble. So I, I think that the Cats have a ton of pressure as well, but I do agree with both of what you guys just said. It's a it's an enormous year. It's an enormous year for for Montana football this this fall. That's why it's going to be fascinating to follow. You know? The biggest thing the Cats have to worry about is if they have another great season, does Vegan start to shop around? Or do well, for sure. start to shop for him? Well, I mean, yeah. Vegan was in the mix at Colorado, uh, and then you know they hired a guy named Primetime. But he was certainly a name you know, on yeah. the list for sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's certainly, certainly uh, a storyline to be sure. Anything else to add about the big sky before we uh, take this thing home? To me, I, I mean, I just think the biggest wild card – is Idaho. Yeah. Because if Idaho is for real and they are, you know, what their number says they are, if they're a top five team in the country, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting and very hard for some of these other teams that are below like a Montana, a Sac state, a Weber state. It's going to be hard for them to kind of break through and get to where their fans want them to be. So the wild card to me is Idaho. And there's only a couple schools with quarterbacks as good as Giovanni McCoy, in my opinion. That's right. That's what's going to make it hard to get past them, and that's the tangible that they have over every other school with Idaho. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio. We'll be back at it at 4 o'clock tomorrow. Thanks so much to the SWX guys, Sean Rainey and Zach Kaplan, for kicking it with us here on this Wednesday. The big the uh, debut of our Where Are They Now series, the Crystal Red Path, coming at you tomorrow. Plus, Carol and the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.